Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? In today's episode, we have the amazing Miss Kenya Kelly, and she's an accomplished business executive, a teacher, an inspirational speaker, and she's been helping people, everyday people, just like you and I, build powerful businesses and also build powerful personal brands. And so I'm excited to share this episode with you because we talk about everything from living your fullest potential and really betting on your own intuition to if you wanted to, how do you build a business? How do you become an influencer? How do you navigate the world as an influencer? And so she's done all those things and helped other people do them as well. So I'm very excited to share this episode with you. So hopefully you're in a spot where you can sit down, take some notes, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again with another episode and I'm excited because I have my sister on, Miss Kenya Kelly. Kenya, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Yes. Hey, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. Woo! Oh, yeah. We're excited to have you on. You have been a superstar in your own right. And we want to dive into your story. We want to dive into the highs, the lows. What makes you you? But then we also want to make sure that we can give the proper tips and strategies for somebody else to be able to build. And so the way that I like to start off these interviews, if you haven't heard before, is I always compare us entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change makers to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world, we're putting on our cape and we're trying to solve some of the biggest problems one at a time. And so behind every Superman, we all know that there's Clark Kent. And behind every Wonder Woman, there is what I've come to learn. Her name was Princess Diana, right? I don't know. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's who the real Wonder Woman is. And so my question to you is behind the superhero known as Kenya Kelly, who is that Princess Diana? Yeah. So I would say I am a, well, first of all, I'm a Jesus girl. So I like love me some, some Jesus. Right. But I love people. So I have like this core, like desire to make people happy, to get people saved, but also help them make millions of dollars in the process. So it's like all this like interwoven, like fun, creative ways of doing what I do best, like for business and for God. 
Got it. So did this come from like out of a frustration? Did this come from something that you were lacking? Like, where did it all come from? As a young girl, was this already who you were? Did you know that this is where you'd be at this point in your life? So growing up, I mean, we were poor. I mean, I know you hear that story all the time, but like, no, for real, we were like poor. Um, And I remember like so many times we didn't have lights, water, food, but I had this like little sales ability about me that I didn't really understand. Like I would buy candy for five cents and sell it for 25 and everybody just knew I would be in some type of sales, but I was just like, I was just trying to be myself. And so I ended up going to college and getting recruited into a network marketing company. And that was kind of like my, my big life, huh, I've got something here. Like, I mean, people kept saying, you're so charismatic and all this stuff. Like, I mean, all this crazy stuff happened in this company. I was on stage in front of 15,000 people in a magazine. And I'm like, what is going on? And I didn't realize that I had this charismatic thing about me that no matter what I said, I could make people do stuff. And mm. I just didn't know that until that network marketing company. Got it. And so the leadership and everything that you gained along this time, talk to me, like, were you always a born leader or did this all come out of the network marketing company as well? Like, What was, what was that like for you? You know, I think that uh, my dad, he, I didn't grow up with my dad, but like you have your parents' DNA. And my whole life, I always heard that my dad was always in some network marketing opportunity, always selling something, always getting people to do things. And so I think that it was in, it was there. It's just no one cultivated it until I got into network marketing. And once I had an opportunity, it just kind of, it just kind of took its own way. And then they had me reading books by John Maxwell, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, all the leadership books out there. And that kind of like, like it like paved me and like molded me into like a better leader, a good leader. Got it. Yeah, that's so funny because I originally was adopted into the network marketing family as well. And that was kind of how I started to get my exposure to personal development. I always say when I first got in, I was at a big, big company and uh, it was, it was Amway was the company. Was that the company you were at too? No, no. I was Um, a prepaid legal. Got it. Yep. So mine was Amway. And I I tell people now, even to this day, like those products and services wasn't necessarily for me, but the values that you learned from those types of companies and the energy and the leadership and the camaraderie, it's like almost second to none. So it's crazy when you see so many leaders, so many people who are innovating and who are not afraid to buck the system a lot of the times they had some type of background into network marketing, even if they're not still doing it. Yep. Right. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, yep. Now let's talk about when, when now you, you decided you're not going to do network marketing anymore. Right. And yep. maybe you still do do it in some form of capacity, but you started, you found another season in your life. What did that look like? Because for a lot of people, they get in early in the network marketing and they get out, but for some people they stay. And, and it sounds like you were having a lot of success. So how come you didn't stay? Yeah. So I legit, I know this sounds all deep and spiritual, but it is like years later, I was still in it and I moved from Kentucky to Virginia and I started like having this intimate relationship with God that I had never had. And suddenly I heard him say, leave the company. You, you become very manipulative because of that company. And I was like, manipulative? He goes, yeah, you learn how to be extremely manipulative about selling and I need to teach you how to sell. And I was like, wait a minute, you don't just leave like 8,000 people, like all the money you're making. But I cared about my relationship with God more than I cared about the money. So I quit. 
Wow. And I had to go on this like reprogramming detox way of selling things because I spent my whole life <laughs> in network marketing and I could listen, I could sell anything to anybody and I was proud of it, but I could, it was manipulation mostly. Wow. And mm-hmm. so that, that's a big, I think that's very relevant in today's world because right now, which we know, depending on when you're listening or watching this, there's a pandemic going on, right? And so for a lot of people, they're looking at a shift and it might not be that they had that calling, but for a lot of people it is. And maybe they weren't manipulative, but they're looking to have a shift and a pivot. And so for you, when you did that, I would imagine your environment changes, right? You lose all of the people who you were talking to on a daily basis. How did you mentally break through not going back to say, hey, I already had a good life being made for me there. I got to stick on my path. How did, how did that go? You know, I think it was very tough <laughs> because you talk about like you've got this whole life of network marketing and these people, the way you do things. And I had to stop that company and get a job. And so I had to mm. relearn how to be in the workforce. Like, how do I know that I can make $10,000 a month, but let my job pay me $3,500, right? Like learning how to like submit to a boss. And I'm looking at them like, I can run circles around you, you know, but like learning what submission <laughs> looks like. And so I had to just like, it was a years of like deprogramming, relearning. It was very lonely because if you only have all this network marketing friends. Now you're trying to come back over to the other side. And I had used that phrase that job means just over broke. I used that phrase so many times. And so I had to repopulate with the quote unquote, just over broke people. (laughs) It was just like, wait, like it was very lonely. I wouldn't say it was depressing, but it was lonely. But I'm thankful that in that time, it was like, I was transitioning careers, but I was also in a new church meeting new people. So they didn't really know the network side of me. They knew the this person that just showed up at church. So that made it a little bit easier, but it was a very tough shift with full-time um, entrepreneurship and working a full-time job. Like, I don't even know how I made it three years at my company, wow. but I did. So I think my question is, and I'm sure somebody else is like, if you knew that you had a sales background, um, were you afraid that you would be, why didn't you just go sell a different product is I guess the question. Like, why didn't yeah. you just start your own company and sell another product? Why do you go work for someone else? Well, because I, I think that I was so programmed with my company. I knew how to sell prepaid legal services. I knew how to recruit people. And the industry, like, it sounds really bad, but I feel like the industry of network marketing has a lot of challenges in it. Like, I feel like people are constantly manipulating in that industry. And I feel like what God was trying to do was deprogram me as a whole and say, let me reteach you how to sell. And you may go back into network marketing, but when you go back into whatever you do, you're not going to do it from a manipulation standpoint. You're going to do it as an honest, authentic, you're going to make even more money, but you have to relearn how to sell. Because I spent my whole life early life in network marketing, learning the wrong way to sell. And I just had to relearn how to sell. And I feel like that's kind of why that happened. Yeah. And let's dive into that because a lot of people right now, they're struggling with it. They want this company, right? They want to start off. They want to start a t-shirt company or coaching and consultant company, all these things that really force you to learn how to 
communicate, which is all selling really is. And there's a right way to do it, like you said, and there's a wrong way to do it, like you've done, right? And talk to me about what is the right and what is the wrong way. Like now, if you're teaching somebody, how do they sell? If they want to start building their brand, their products, their services, is there a couple steps or anything that someone could take away today? Yeah. So the first thing that I would say, and this sounds negative too, but don't work with a coach who's manipulative. That's number one, because we invest, like, I feel like every entrepreneur needs a coach because you only know what you know, and you can skip a whole lot of steps if you work with somebody. And so if you're working with someone who's manipulative, they're going to teach you all these particular ways. And that's the way that you're going to go. I made the mistake of doing that as well, but I've also watched how successful I could be when a coach was honest. (laughs) You know, when Mm. a person was like, here, here is this, here is that. It made it a lot easier because I didn't have to like lying is hard because you have to like remember the lie. You have to create all these different things that go along with the lies. And you got to, it's like, it's just crazy. Whereas honesty is the truth always. And so you don't really have to remember the truth because it is the truth. And so the first thing I would say is make sure you work with someone who is honest. Now, if you're not working with a coach and just in general too, I would say you be honest, right? So one of the things that I learned in my consulting business was that one of the ways I was being dishonest, I didn't know it, was like, um, there's only 10 spots in my program, only 10 spots available. And that's not true. The truth is I have unlimited spots to buy into my digital course. But if I say I only have 10, that's manipulation. Just tell them the truth. And when I saw, when I started sending emails telling people, hey, I'm going to sell to you and I'm telling you I'm going to sell to you because I don't want you to feel manipulated. Every time I would send emails like that, my inbox would flood with responses saying, why did you say that? It's like, because I wanted you to know that I was selling and that this was going to be the truth. And I watched all these people buy from me. Why? Because I was honest and not trying to make people do what I wanted them to do in some kind of some kind of way. So two, I would say, be honest. Three, uh, what would I say? I would say, you got to get deep down and ask yourself if you are trying to make somebody do something that they may not want to do, why are you doing that? Why do you feel like you have to do that? Why do you feel like your honesty, your sincere, your um, you being truthful. Why do you feel like doing that won't help you make money? Like what, what lie are you believing? Cause you're believing something. Right. Yeah, no, it all becomes about the story that you tell yourself. And a lot of the times you're like, you feel like I'm trying to make up for lack of where you don't necessarily have to. It's almost like don't focus on your flaws or your weaknesses. Double down on your strengths. Right. Because then you get the confidence to be able to keep moving forward and selling that product. But if you're always trying to cover up a lack of, then just like you said, you create a lie and then you got to cover up that lie with another lie. And before you know it, if they come back and they ask you, so what'd you say about this again? And you're like, um, right. And so, no, I I definitely, I agree there. Um, For you, at what point did you know that you had to leave the corporate world now? Because I'm imagining you get in, you're, you're starting to understand how to at least navigate through this corporate world. But now in the back of your mind, you still know, as you said, I could run circles around you. Like, what did that look like? What point did you, were you like, nah, it's my time to get out of here and, and get back into entrepreneurship in its truest form? You know, the funny thing was I knew day 30 <laughs> because, when I got that first paycheck, I was like, oh, this is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Once you make what you made in network marketing, you're like, wait a second, wait a minute. Right. 
Uh, but, but like, I think it was also when they kept cutting our compensation. Like one month I could make 9,000, then they would cut it. I'm like, wait a minute, something's going on. But then it was, I just kept having this uneasiness. It was like, I knew that I had this creativity. I just didn't know what product or service. Like Kia Kelly as a brand is only five years old. I started another company prior to that. And that what that's what called me, caused me to leave my job the first time. But I knew it when I didn't want to go to work anymore. When I was like looking at my boss sideways, when I wasn't as patient with my coworkers, when I wasn't as patient with my customers, when I would get into these like performance reviews and they go, what's wrong with you? What's going on with you? And I couldn't put my finger on what was wrong. It was like, oh, I'm no longer happy here. And I just couldn't, I didn't see it until they said it. Got it. Got it. Now that's important for a lot of people to know because a lot of what it sounds like is that you just... You knew it and you started to follow your intuition, right? And then, and so you, your performance was low, but then when you got to the end of that rope, you had an opportunity to say, okay, I'm out or just keep doing something that was going to keep you unhappy in life. And so I feel for anybody listening or watching this right now, that's a big key is because trust your inner tuition, right? That is basically telling you, hey, your performance has went down. You're no longer excited to walk in the building in the morning. You're looking at your manager sideways. Maybe this is that time that God or your spirit is telling you, hey, go off on your own and try your own thing. So you're not always wondering what if or bringing those around you down, which is another big point, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's so crucial. And I'm glad you brought that up. Then not only do you decide you're going to jump out though and start your business. Now you've become a big influencer, right? On one of the fastest growing platforms that there's ever been. And so talk to where you always, let me ask, because you've jumped in a couple different things and in the corporate world, it's kind of always a um, be seen and not heard as in do your performance, let other people recognize you, but don't speak up too much. Right. Because you still have these bosses, but now, so my question to you was, was it itching at you to now get back on the stages like you were before? And then now this is where TikTok came in at. Absolutely. I mean, like when you real, okay. When you have gone out on stage and you had 15,000 people scream your name and you get a standing ovation. You like, what, what am I doing? Cause ain't nobody clapping for me walking in these doors. Right. <laughs> you have that, like, where is that? Nobody's asking for my autograph. It was like, I definitely was missing that, mm-hmm. but also watching all of these other people just take off online. And I'm like clapping for them. I'm like, what? I need to clap for myself. What is going on? That was, that's what started happening with me. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Dream Builder? Have you been getting any value out of this episode? Would you like to get more exclusive content just like this delivered right to your inbox? If so, head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com and you can sign up for the email list and that will give you access to exclusive content and more interviews just like this that's going to be delivered only to our tribe. So head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. Got it. So what, why did you decide, why, why should people be on TikTok? Why did you decide to be on TikTok as opposed to doing this on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn? Why did, why did you decide to, uh, TikTok? Yeah. So I actually started my business five years ago and we focused mainly on Facebook and then on Instagram. And I literally did not get on TikTok until the pandemic. 
right? So I live in Redding, California, and I have a house and I rent out some rooms to some of the students. And I was working from home and the students were at school. Well, when the pandemic hit, the students come home. And so I'm trying to work with these students in the house and that just wasn't working. Not to mention, I'm dealing with crazy fear of dying with the coronavirus. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And so like, I have this like really in, like intimate relationship with God. And I felt like I heard him say, get out the house, go find an office. And I'm like, I don't understand. And so I get out the house, somebody gives me an office space. And when I get there, I hear him say, get on TikTok. And I'm just like, what does God know about TikTok? I, I'm going crazy in this pandemic. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, you're dealing with fear and so is the rest of them. But you carry a whole lot of joy. He goes, if you get on there being yourself, you're going to be happy and you're going to make them happy. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm laughing at him. Like, I don't know if this, I'm crazy. Right. Beetlejuice, what, what is going on? You know, and finally I get on this app and I start doing little things. And the comment section, it kept saying, your joy is contagious, your joy is contagious. And I'm like, I haven't heard that in a long time since the network marketing days. And the more I kept hearing it, the more I kept like starting to believe it. And it wasn't until like a couple of weeks later, I went viral and got like 10,000 followers overnight from like this little video, like just a simple, funny little video. There was a white girl who went to a black church and she was imitating the way black people shout at church, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it was super funny. And I'm just like laughing at her in this video and it goes viral. And it just keep like all these videos just keep going viral. And in a matter of like, I think it was like three months, we got like 30,000 followers. But my email list started exploding. My books started selling like crazy on my website and on Amazon and everything was just blowing up. And I'm like, wait, and when I look at, I love Facebook, but I've never gone viral on Facebook. I right. love Instagram. I've never prior to reels gone viral. And I said, oh, this is the spot. But not only that, my business was increasing, but I was more of myself because Facebook didn't let me dance. Facebook didn't let me be a little bit petty. They didn't let me do certain things because you had to be more professional on those platforms. But with TikTok, I could be all things Kenya Kelly and kill it. And so that was my thing of like, okay, this is the place. Now, I don't not do the other ones. I just spend a lot more time on TikTok. Got it. Now, what's the, what's the, for anybody that's looking to start on TikTok, like what's the, the keys? Because I'll be honest to say, like I'm big on Instagram. I'm big on almost all the social media platforms, but I'm not big on TikTok. Even though my son, he's like, I had the app on my phone. And so anytime I even get on there just to like, he like he's got a sense on it. He's like, you on TikTok? So my question is for someone who's looking to like, okay, maybe I'll download and I'll mess around with it. Like, what are the keys if they wanted to try to get a video to go viral? Yeah. So, okay. So TikTok has changed a lot. Uh, you could go viral, but just by sneezing on TikTok, like you really could. Uh, but now things have changed with the potential sale and all that, and then reels coming out. But one of the, the biggest ways to go viral on TikTok is doing something within like five, five to seven seconds that makes somebody go, wait, what? It makes them watch it over and over and over again, right? Mm. Um, or it's something where it is super funny or it just makes you go, that's amazing. I got to give it to my best friend. I got to give it to this person. It makes people go, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. Like we've all got those videos where we're like, hey, babe, come look at this. Come right. look at this. And Thanks. so it's about doing something like that that makes everybody go, you have got to see this. 
even if it's just teaching, you know, like I've done, um, like there's the song by, what's her name? Nikki, what's the girl's name? Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion called WAP wow. or whatever. Yeah. Too, too much for me. But there's a dance on there called the WAP Challenge. And somebody created an audio that like you start doing the dance, but then it, it turns into like somebody's um, bones breaking as if an old person is like, I'm too old for this. Right. So yeah. I start doing the dance in two seconds and I'm like, oh, oh, my God. And the video has gone viral because people are going, this is really funny. We thought she was going to do the walk, but she actually says she's too old for this. And so mm. it's little things like that that cause you to go viral. But from a business standpoint, when they land on the page, they're going to look at this video and the next video. I'm baiting them in with my entrepreneur stuff. Right. Yeah, so I've got yeah. these funny things, but I've also got all this other stuff around it causing you to go, huh. I like this girl. Let me follow her. Got it. So I love the first thing that you said was, and really it's a pattern interrupt, right? We're, yeah. we're getting yeah. so conditioned into just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So that thing that you can do in those first two, five, max seven seconds that can yeah. get me to interrupt my pattern of scrolling, that's how you catch me and you hook me. And then yeah. the second thing that um, I got out of that is just the collaboration piece. Cause I think you hit it right on the head mm-hmm. where you're like, I got to share this with somebody, babe, come look at this right or I got to send this to my buddy or or there's so many things so I think that it's 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 amazing how TikTok has been able to do that but I think the thing that I love the most about it when I've gotten on there is the fact that everything is still for the most part positive right like Facebook obviously we got politics and and share and it's so much fear this but with TikTok it's all been positivity a challenge um something funny dances things like that so that's been really cool it, does it allow you to add like link in, in, in the videos or how did your email list blow up off of that? Yeah. So once you reach a certain number, whatever number TikTok deems, you can add your Instagram a link to it and you can add a link to your website. So for me, mm-hmm. I got it. Once I hit a thousand followers, it let me put my Instagram link, my YouTube link and a link to whatever website or free tool. And so I have my brand quiz on mine. And so every day somebody's taking the quiz. Wow. Okay. You can't put it in the actual video, but you can put it in your profile. So that's why you, but again, you said they're going to come in off of that one or two funny videos, but then they see that you have all these entrepreneurship videos and now you're just adding value, value, value. Then they click in your profile, boom, then they take the quiz and this is how you get them, right? And this is how you have ownership rather because if the sale happens or if they shut down TikTok, all these things that we have no control over, the cool thing about it is you still have control over that email list. Exactly. Because one of the things that we know as business owners is visibility is king. Our goal is to get ourselves in front of as many people as possible, because if we get them there, we can pull them to our email list or to our other social media platforms. So our job is to be where we can be as visible as possible. And for me, TikTok is just, it's, it's wild. I'm like always blown away every time I look at my page, like what has happened on TikTok? Like, in an hour, I'll log on. I'll see I have a hundred notifications, and I'm like, <laughs> all these new. It's just crazy. So for somebody that says, "Okay, I get it," but I'm not really a creator like that, Kenya. So like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to create the videos. They look all really cool, things like that. Like, what do you need to be a creator? Can you just share other people's stuff and go viral? What does that look like? 
Yeah, absolutely. There's there's many, many pages where they go viral with just other people's content. Um, but I, what I would say to that person, I would say if you are someone and you use Instagram stories, you can definitely do TikTok um, now. But you, you can use other people's content, but TikTok mostly likes you. If they're going to follow you, they want to see your content. And if your goal is to make money from your from your page, you want to you want to be on there. So what's like a first step? Like, because it feels like it's overwhelming, I'm sure, for a lot of people because you add music, there's challenges. It's a whole nother platform. Like, how is it? Is it easy? Like, is it like what would be the first if if, if you're trying to teach me? I say, hey, I want to be a TikTok star. I don't necessarily need, you know, 30,000 followers, but I would like to at least get 1000 followers. How are you going to advise me? Yeah. So in today's time, yeah. I'm going to tell you to go to Instagram and go and create an Instagram reel mm. because TikTok is like the, the Facebook of the world killing it like up here. Instagram reels is new. And so the features on Instagram reels is a whole lot less than what's on TikTok. Right. So I would tell a person to go to reels and take an Instagram story and then post it to reels and what they're going to go is, huh, well, that was easy. And the next time they post, they'll add text. And if you do those little things on reels, by the time you come to TikTok, you're like, oh, I've got this because TikTok mm. can be extremely overwhelming because it has a lot of different belts and whistles on there. But what I would also say is go to the TikTok platform, click on the discover page, and then just in the search bar, search your field. So if you are a, a barber, if you are a makeup artist, whatever it is you do, search that. And I want you to go and look at what other people are doing. Like I do a lot of the complicated stuff because I like that stuff, but not everybody is doing that. There's a lot of artists on there who never show their face. They're only showing like, like their camera is pointing at their painting and all they're doing is painting. And they've got millions of views. There's a guy on there called Old Man Steve. Now he's like 82 years old, 82 millions of followers and he doesn't have all the fancy stuff at all but he's got millions of followers of him making his bed making sandwiches playing with his cat i mean just doing little old man steve stuff and people want to see old man steve so you don't have to do all the things because he's not and he's he's running circles around me on TikTok. Man, I, I know I, I love it and so hopefully that here's Somebody hears that and they say, okay, well, maybe I can just start out just like she said with, because everybody can navigate Instagram for the most part. Now the reels part of it, I think that it's just like you said, you take one story, which I love that you broke it down and made it digestible. Take one story, just upload it to reels. And I think yeah. that uh, one of our mutual friends is Shaleen. She was saying, um, and, and, and I guess my question to you is, is it true that um, if you post the reels to your feed, that, that then you get more views on it and you have a potential to get a bigger audience? Is that how it works? Well, what, here's what I'm experiencing. What I'm experiencing is multiple things. One, when I post things just to Reels, I'll get hundreds of things. When I post them to my feed, I get the the people that don't know me. And then I get those that are already following me because of my feed. Mm. And then those that never look at my feed, if I post it to my stories, then they are seeing it as well. But I'm watching way more people watch me that don't know me because Instagram is pushing us in the explore page. Like, create, I mean, I can't even, they're pushing us harder than TikTok is pushing us right now. 
So you can do reels only and not your feed, or you can do them all. I don't do all of my reels in my feed because it just like fills up your feed with videos, but I do do some, but most of them I just push right to reels. Got it. What's been for you as you look at your journey, which has been an amazing one, right? And, and you're just still getting started. If you look at your journey, what has been the most fulfilling thing for you? Let's even just say for the last five years, what has been that thing that's kept you going? You know, the, what would I say? I would say the most fulfilling thing is watching me navigate divorce, but building a mega business all at the same time. Mm. Right. So it's like you go through a hard time. And so you're like in counseling, but you're not losing yourself. You're not acting like you're you're not going through this, but you're like, okay, this is happening, but I'm still awesome. Let me go and be awesome one hour a day, (laughs) you know, and just watching myself go from like five minutes a day to 30 minutes to an hour to the entire day and looking back going, wow, I can't believe I did this. And I did this through like without making him look bad, without all the foolishness. And I I get to tell people, hey, here is how I did it. Y'all got to watch me on social media because I was already a personality before I ever went to divorce. And all these people got got to watch me go, okay, so she's battling depression, but look at her. Look at look at her go. The girl's just look at her go. You know, for me, I just go, look at what I did. You know? No, and and I think that's dope. Let me ask. For you, was it your environment? Was it, did you have a therapist? What allowed you to keep going? Was it your audience that you already had that you were like, hey, they're watching me. They still need me. I can't let them down by just going into a deep, dark um, cave where it's essentially I'm no longer communicating with my (laughs) tribe. What did that look like for you? Yeah. So I would say the number one thing I had for me, obviously, was my relationship with God. But the second thing was all the books that I read in network marketing. Mm. You know, what happened in our marriage was my ex-husband cheated early on. And it was like, all right, it's too early to be cheating. I'm out of here. Um, But in the middle of like when that all started happening, I'm having this battle of stay and stay. But I could hear John Maxwell screaming and Miles Monroe. I could hear them screaming. You're amazing. You're better than this. And so all the books that I had read my whole life that I hadn't really thought about in my time of like crazy crisis, that that's all that I could hear. I couldn't hear my mom. I couldn't hear anything around me but I could hear them screaming all this stuff to me. And so it was like, okay, so this isn't the end. I can like, I can move forward. But then it was going to counseling. It was choosing to go, hey, I'm not broken, but I need help. I need a professional walking me through this season of life that I never thought that I would have before. I didn't really rely on my audience because that was a different audience that I had six years ago than what I have now. Um, But there were people online that were just kind of like waiting to see like, what I was going to do. And I didn't really talk about it until like years, years later, but it was like, it was the books, God and my, my counselor. Got it. Cool. Well, hopefully if somebody hears that, you know, that they can go listen to John Maxwell, they can go listen to anyone that could speak life into them because we all have those little voices and it's about which voice do you feed, which voice do you allow to really overcome, right? Whatever the thoughts are that you're having. And so if you can have a positive voice like John Maxwell, I think that that helps anybody. If you can look back on your journey, the second question that I have is if you could look back on your journey and you could think about one thing that you would have done that you would have changed to help accelerate your journey that much sooner, what would that one thing have been? I would say 
probably talking to myself a little bit more. Um, I feel like um, that I spent years in network marketing and then years out of network marketing without a mentor. And I found myself in season of life knowing that I had experienced greatness, knowing that I had experienced like people telling me who I am, but there were like 10 or so years where there wasn't anybody. There wasn't a, there wasn't a mentor. Like I love my mom and dad, but they have, were never there for me in that way. And so I spent this gap of life, like not really knowing who I was or what I should be doing. And I was letting my environment, like what the environment I was putting myself in, I was letting it tell me who I was and minimize me when I knew that there was more on the inside of me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't investing in a coach. I wasn't in any kind of mastermind. I was just kind of going through the motions of life with people. But if I would have kept investing in coaching or at least stayed in contact with the guy that was mentoring network marketing, I guarantee you, I wouldn't have had that huge gap of who am I? Got it. This has been a phenomenal conversation and I love all of the insight that you've shared. The one last thing that I want to ask you is for somebody out there that's listening right now, they're very inspired by you, by your journey, and they love everything that you have to offer and they want to blaze a path similar to what you've done. But they have that little voice in their head and that little voice says that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing you would say to that person to get them to just take action? Yeah, so I would definitely say, first of all, you are more than enough. You have everything that you need. It's just you have to first choose to believe that that you have which that you have what you need. Uh, most of us need more uh, wisdom, more guidance, and the truth is, all of us can get access to a library card. So whether we have the money to go and buy all these books or not all of us have access to a public library. All of us have access to social media. We have these phones and Wi-Fi, and we can listen to all the podcasts just like this one. We can have coaches in our head that we never physically talk to, but they can be talking to us. Like John Maxwell, he has, well, I met him once, but he doesn't know me. But he, in that moment, he knew me very well because of the books that I read. And so I would definitely say you have everything that you need. You just have to choose to believe that what you have is enough with the library card, and the, the Facebook community and the Instagram community instead of watching all the stuff that isn't helping you on TV, the news and all the type of stuff, you've got to get out of that and put yourself in a place to be mentored and then you'll realize I really do have what I need. A beautiful answer. I think that a lot of us for right now at this time in life, if we were to get more wisdom, just like you said, I think that that would build on us having more confidence because that's the only that's the only reason why we have that voice is just because we haven't trained ourselves enough. And the way that you train is by going to the library, getting those books or listening to a podcast. So then you build that confidence yeah. for anybody who is looking to stay in touch with you. Where can they find you at? Yes. So everything for me is all on KeenaKelly.com, K-E-E-N-Y-A-K-E-L-L-Y.com. I'm on Instagram and TikTok all day, every day. Uh, but that's mainly where I play. Got it. We'll definitely put all of those links in the show notes. And uh, I want to be the first one to kick off the thank you train. This, again, has been an honor. It's, it's great that you came and blessed us with all of your wisdom to give us that much more confidence. And now I might just put my first TikTok video up uh, or maybe I'll, maybe I'll start out with the reels because I don't even think I've done a reel yet on Instagram, truth be told. You plan uh, 
Yes. And now, and now I'm going to do it. And so I'll make sure I have to shout you out and tag you when I do it. But remember dream nation, just as she said, you are enough and we have to take action because if we don't, that dream that you have will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.